Alright, well welcome back to another episode of The Call to Create. Today we get to sit down with an amazing local playwright, wife, mother, part-time business owner as well. <laughs> but she is the author of at least seven full-time or full-length plays and a handful of shorter works as well. She currently has a play in production on tour right now called the Lost Virginity Tour. So today we get to sit down and talk with Cricket Daniel. Hello. Hi. I love how you said it's on tour. Not quite yet, not, Charlie, not but quite. It, hope springs but eternal. It's, but it's being produced <laughs> it in all sorts of It is. On, in um, a lot of theaters around the this country. This particular right? play, The Lost Virginity Tour, which uh, premiered on this stage, actually, okay. uh, just over a year ago, is my most successful to date as far as quick the quickest productions to come to me yes okay, okay. so I, I got lucky with this one so yes we'll call it a tour well and since that's part of the name i guess <laughs> yes. the lost virginity tour that's right we can call it a tour yes i think yeah. so so you as, as i said in the introduction mm -hmm. you are you are a mom yes you are you work with your husband to run his business part time. yes yes um you are also have a background in acting, you have a background mm -hmm. in theater, like your degree is in theater. Yeah, stand-up, improv. Stand-up and yeah. improv. <clears throat> and yet, it was only in 2009, if I'm correct, that you mm -hmm. wrote and produced your first play. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, a big part of what I kind of want to mm -hmm. learn from you is, you know, from, from getting your degree in theater and and then finding your voice in 2009, was there, obviously you were doing some acting in the interim and mm -hmm. stuff, but what was that period of time like for you? Oh gosh, you're, you're sending me back. So yeah. I went to, um, I'm a born and raised Californian, San Joaquin Valley, former future farmer of America, small yeah. town called Hanford, California. Okay. And people from Hanford don't really dream big. But I did, because I was raised on the television. I was the last of five kids, and my mom said, put her in front of the TV and just keep her quiet and give her a bowl <laughs> of cereal. And that's the way I was raised. Right. I wouldn't change it for the world. I could not point Ohio out on a map to you, but I know every <laughs> single episode of The Brady Bunch. And okay. I know who's married to who, who was in starring in this show. I, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. So my kid dream was to be an actress. I okay. wanted to be... Rhoda, I wanted to yeah. be, I wanted to be the quirky neighbor. I didn't want to be the star. I just knew if I could just be on a sitcom or something like that. And even in my yearbook, you'll see friends writing, someday you're going to be on Johnny Carson. And I just, I just had these bigger dreams in Hanford. Mm -hmm. And so when I graduated in 1986, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I thought you thought I was 35. I know I do too. Um, I went off to Santa Barbara. I started off at Santa Barbara City College, eventually moved into UC Santa Barbara with the dreams of getting a degree in acting and theater. I had never did, I'd never been on stage in my life. Huh. I was funny on the playground. I was the class clown, rocked, so, rocked the, you know, the, the garage party and the dairy. No, no high school Never with those geeks, are you like kidding that? me? Right. No, yeah. never, never was on stage. And uh, found out pretty quick, I kind of had a little bit of stage fright. I auditioned for some plays, it was terrifying, but I loved it, I loved it. But I wasn't getting cast in anything. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to UC Santa Barbara, I couldn't get into the BFA de uh, department because you had to audition for that. And okay. I had no real experience, experience, no. Right. 
So I got a B, a, an undergraduate, you know, a BA, a simple BA in theater arts with an emphasis in writing and acting. Oh, okay. And I had to throw writing in there because I truly had no acting experience whatsoever. And I still didn't when I left UC Santa Barbara. It was very, um, it was very clicky and the BFA students definitely got all the roles. And I did take a playwriting course mm -hmm. and I remember enjoying it, but it didn't click. I mean, it just didn't register that that's where my true talent was. I was just someone that wanted to be on stage, on television, on talk shows, on Merv Griffin. I was just obsessed to being, right. I guess, famous in a way. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't just, I just knew I was supposed to be part of that world. Yeah. I loved everybody about it. My walls were covered with every single actor out there and I just wanted to be in that world, but I didn't quite have the chops. And so when I graduated with a degree in theater, which is so ridiculous considering I did, because I mean, I honestly I did nothing. I had to get my acting credits by working backstage. Okay. I, I was up in the rafters changing out gels, you know, <laughs> right, for the actors right. and getting an acting degree. It was so stupid, but I got my degree and I was proud that I had okay. been there. And the goal was to go on and get my graduate degree with an emphasis in television and radio. I thought if I can intern at Carson or Leno, surely they're gonna pull me up through the ranks, and that was the goal. But I got mm. a good job at City College, I had a boyfriend, and I stuck around Santa Barbara, which is gorgeous. It's still, I consider right. my home. I go there all the time. I'm actually on a plane there in the morning. And so, <clears throat> fast forward to, I'm doing improv with Comedy Sports, which is a nationally renowned uh, comedy troupe. Nothing like the, as big as the Groundlings, but along those forms, you know, that yeah. uh, comedy sports. There was 26 teams in the United States, and I went to go see a show. Oh my God, I think I can do this. And I auditioned, okay. and I went through their camps, and eventually got pulled up to their team. I wasn't the best improver, but I was decent, and I was a team player. And I was fast on my feet. But a lot of people can do those diet licks and you know, they were just crazy talented. Right, and some right. of my former castmates are making it in television and, and you would recognize them, not me. And then I started doing stand-up, which I really enjoyed. That's when I'm like, okay, I got some, I can write. I can write bits, I can write jokes, I can write stories. And I loved being a stand-up because I didn't okay. have to worry about the next guy. I didn't have to worry about playing off of somebody or ruining somebody else's scene. It was just me. And if I stunk up the joint, it was my fault. And if I killed, it was all me, you know? And I really <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed okay. it. So I had a regular gig downtown Santa Barbara every Wednesday night. I would MC some nights. I would do the stand-up the other nights. And then I did the improv and I did the ice house, got a couple of private gigs. And I wasn't making a killing. I don't think I would have been Roseanne or Seinfeld, but I was, you know, it was fun. It was easy money. And then I met and married my husband in 1994. Okay. And we honestly just could not afford to stay in Santa Barbara. Even though we both had good jobs, if we wanted to ever have a family and own a home, it wasn't going to happen there. Right, right. And we had a friend that had moved to Bend and he would come back to Santa Barbara and say, you gotta check out Bend. Well, my husband's born and raised Colorado. And ironically enough, while I was in college, my parents moved out of California and moved to Oregon on the Southern coast. Okay. So I was semi familiar with Oregon, but didn't, I'd never been out of California, quite mm -hmm. frankly. Right. And he came up to see it and he's like, this reminds me of Boulder 20 years ago. I could do this all day long. Are you in? And I'm like, I love you. <laughs> I'm a newlywed. I was just in that nesting. And I was like, I'll right. go wherever you 
want. And I have been freezing now, carry the one, 24 years. <laughs> 21 years. 24. So you're not, a, you're not a big winter sports type of person. We snowmobile, but no. And I, right. you know, when I first saw snow, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, okay, I gotta push a grocery cart through this. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> so it wears thin on me. The summers aren't quite long enough and the winters are way too long. But when I came to Bend, you know, I had the background in improv and stand-up. I started working at the radio station. I wasn't on air, but I was a guest on air quite a bit. They can tell I was funny. So I was slowly making like a little name for myself. I got a couple of stand-up gigs. Stand-up back then in 90, in 2000, no, 95 when we moved here yeah. is nothing like it is now. It's thriving now. Bend. Yeah theater-wise, stand-up-wise. It's just, it's a very culturally vibrant town. But when we moved here, there wasn't a whole lot of stand-up. And so I thought, you know what, maybe I'll audition for plays. You know, okay. maybe I'll get a break in Bend, right. Oregon. You know, I got this fancy theater degree. They think I've acted before. <laughs> let's throw, let's go out there. That's right. <laughs> and so I, I went out for a couple of plays, didn't get cast, but the directors were very kind with their words and encouraging. And then I finally got cast in Plaza Suite at Cascade Theatrical oh, Company. Nice. And I really enjoyed it. And so for the next 10 years, my husband and I were married 10 years before we had our daughter. Oh, okay. I was doing anywhere from one to sometimes three plays a year, happy as a clam. Yeah. You know, yeah. happy doing that. Wasn't the best actress in town, but I was the quirky neighbor. Right. You know, I yeah. was Rhoda. You, you and then that I finally made it. That you had always <laughs> wanted, right? Yeah, right. for the most part. So I was pretty happy doing that. It wasn't until I became a stay at home mom full time where I was like, huh. What am I going to do now? I mean, other than look after this baby. Right. But I mean, I had these creative juices. Yeah. And I couldn't be on, I couldn't technically go off and be in a play. You've been in a play. Yeah. That's I mean, a it's, two it's month. a huge commitment. It's a of huge time. commitment. It's and a big. Especially in the evenings. It, and, your and evenings are gone. Basically, your whole family has to commit Correct. to you being in a play. That's right. So we have a baby. My husband starts Daniel Automotive, which uh -huh. is next to this theater, all at the same year. And so, so I was yeah, like, you okay, got, your hands full. got my hands full. I'm not able to be in plays anymore. So my creative juices were like, dang it, what am I going to do now? And I was perfectly happy being a mom to tell you the truth. Right. But we were still going to see plays and I'd be in the audience and my husband's like, you wish you were on that stage. I'm like, oh God, look at that cast and what a funny yeah. play. And I would have loved to work with that director. So I was, and he's like, mama, hang in there. Just give me a couple of years, at least a year to get this business. And she's old enough to kind of navigate, you know, at least be older, uh, yeah. I don't need you, yeah. you're back on stage. And so I just thought, okay, in a year. And then we finally came to see a play at Second Street Theater called Garden Politics. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I credit that playwright, Michael Slade, with honestly putting me on a whole new venture. He was in the audience. Oh, and I okay. was actually hosting a local radio show at KPOV, and he yeah. was a guest of mine. And I got to know him, and I'm like, wow, this, this, this guy's pretty talented, and he's gonna be at the play. I told my husband, we gotta go see it. And Charlie, I'm not kidding you, that entire evening, I don't think I saw one scene of that play. I watched him the entire time. And it was his play. It was, was his play. I watched him watch his play, and it was like, Bing, that I want to be that guy. It yeah. was so clear to me 
the joy, what he saw. I thought, how can you even imagine? Right. Can right. you even imagine seeing your words come to life on stage by really solid actors? I mean, mm. you would know. We have a great talent pool in yeah. Bend, Oregon. We really do. Which is even then. Way better, way better than it should be for a town. In the it's because of everybody nowhere. wants to live here. Yeah. So they exactly. come here with all this great talent and all this background, and they're legit. I mean, we got Broadway stars here right. in Bend, Oregon. We have veteran television. I mean, we have really good talent in this town. And I was like, okay, that's it. And so that was a Saturday night. And on Sunday morning, I'm sitting on my couch and my husband says, what are you going to do today? I'm going to write a play. <laughs> I'm going to write a play today. And he's like, have fun. <laughs> he's like, okay. And I went to that old, you know, write what you know. And yeah, I'd taken that playwriting course. But I truly didn't know what I was, I didn't know format. I didn't know I just knew what a sitcom, the pacing felt like okay. as an actress okay. or watching a television show. And they, they said, write what you know. And I started writing about a young couple. He's a mechanic who owns an automotive repair shop. She's a stay-at-home mom to a three-year-old daughter. And she wants to broaden their limited circle of friends, which consists of who is it? I can't even think of names all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, right. Chucky, Daryl, and Spaz. Chucky, Daryl, and Spaz. And, Spaz. and those okay. are her husband's friends that come over every weekend for the game, and she makes chili uh -huh. cheese fries, and they go out into the garage and work on his restored Camaro. And she's at home doing all the work, raising the kid, um, and he's busy doing that. Right. And she's like, I want to, and this was, that was my life in a way. I mean, right. my husband's, um, it was set back east in Brooklyn, which is my sweet spot. I love to write. Italian Catholic loud families. That, okay. That's my wheelhouse and I love it. And, and that's not my husband, Bobby. That character was not my husband, was loosely based on us. And he did have friends that they would go out on their motorcycles every weekend. And I'd be home saying, okay, I guess I'll have dinner ready when you get back. And, right. you know, baby on the hip. And I was like, what the hell, what am I doing? What is going on here? But right. I loved right. it regardless. So Tess comes up with this idea to audition three couples that they can be friends with. And Bobby's like, are you kidding me? You invited three couples to this house? And she knows the wives because they're now in mom's club. That happens all the time, right? right? Yep. Your wife and your kids have these great moms, their mom friends with their other friends, and then you get the husbands in the room and all bets are off. They hate right. each other. Right. Odds are the husbands ruin everything. <laughs> have, have you learned that throughout the years? Husbands ruin right. everything. <laughs> all right, all right. Kidding. Okay. But um, basically my first play is Tess invites three couples to the house and comedy ensues. And yes, hijinks ensues. So I literally right. came up with a concept on a Sunday. I started it that Monday and within two weeks I was printing it. Wow. It came out that fast. And I thought, this is something, this is, this is really good. I think I've got something. But at the time, there was Second Street Theater, there was Cascade Theatrical Company, and even though I'd been on stages at both locations, Cascade Theatrical Company had a pretty set solid season every year. Mm -hmm. They had yeah. the corner on Ken Ludwig, Plaza, you know, Neil Simon, Agatha Christie, A Christmas Show. I mean, they had it down, they didn't need me. They didn't need my works, <laughs> right. Adam, even though I pitched it to them like, eh, you know, cute, but no, and, and understandably so. And at the time, Second Street Theater was actually for sale. Oh. Uh, Marilyn Tome and her husband were going through a divorce and they had set their season up until December. Their last show was Harvey and that was it. And I'm like, okay, so I'll just start pitching it to other playhouses in Oregon. Mm -hmm. Let them know I'm an Oregon playwright and I've got this great play. And um, it's, it was harder than I thought. I found, I learned a lot. 
that right. directors right. seem to dictate the seasons. And I just thought, wow, they're not taking a chance on me because I'm unknown and I'm unpublished. I still am, by the way, 10 years later. <laughs> but I had one playhouse in Klamath Falls. Uh, I, and forever, I've, I thank him in all my programs as well. Jason Eisenbeis worked at the Linkville Players in Klamath Falls. He said, I'll, I'll read your script, read it, loved it. And I remember, I'll never forget it, it was St. Patrick's Day, 2009. I got the email saying I had to do a lot of wrangling and I think he said something like horse stealing or something. <laughs> <clears throat> but I got your play in our season. It, it opens, it's our second show of the year. It opens in November. And I was like, And you're like, oh my God. What? <laughs> and I got paid $99. Oh, and nice. I, and I, it was the best money ever. Best I ever, $99. It was the best $99. And I remember thinking, wow, that, this is amazing. I, I can't believe it. And we all went, my, my mother-in-law flew out from Colorado. We, we all piled in a rented Suburban and headed <laughs> down to Klamath Falls. And That's that awesome. play sold more tickets than any other play that season. That's great. That's and incredible. I was up against Neil Simon, uh -huh. <laughs> Plaza. Right. I was Forever Plaid, Labette. It did very well. So I got lucky and Marilyn Toma came out to support me as she always has, mm -hmm. saw the play and said, this should be at Second Street. And I said, I know, but you're you're like, yeah, it's it for be. sale. <laughs> it, and, and, but you know what? It kind of worked out great because Harvey wrapped up and her, and her playhouse was for sale, but it was also empty. Mm -hmm. And right. she said, well, maybe you can produce it yourself. And I was like, what? Right. What does that even mean? And we literally yeah. met for lunch at the Black Bear Diner. And I said, what does that entail? What does that mean? And basically, as a producer, it means you put up all the money and all the risk, but you get all the reward. Uh, okay. And I was like, I so believed in couple dating and my reputation in this town. Mm -hmm. I thought, I can bully a lot of people into these seats. Right. I think I can get <laughs> people here. And I'm a hustler, always have been. I thought if anyone can get people to back me up money-wise, it's me. And I said, okay, Marilyn, I think I'm gonna do it. And so her, her playhouse was empty, it was for sale, and I came in and I opened March of 2010, I think okay. it was, with the best director in town, Susan Benson, God okay. rest her soul. And, um, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was, it was doing really well ticket sales, but it wasn't until The Source Weekly, their reviewer came out on opening night and apparently was so offended that <laughs> she wouldn't write a review. Oh. And so come Thursday, we're rushing to go get The Source to see the review because we knew she was right. here and it wasn't there. And Marilyn called the source, and at the time it was a, a gentleman by the name, a young kid actually, named Mike Bookie, and said, Mike, where's the review of couple, Cricket's Play Couple Dating? And he says, well, Crick, Marilyn, did you even know what you were renting your theater to? Did you even know what this play was about? And she's like, yeah, I saw it in Klamath Falls. It's hysterical. Yeah. It's like, well, our reviewer was so offended that the review would have been bad, and I figured you'd rather have no review than a bad review. You're like, no way. Put well, the bad review well, in there. Well, that was it. Exactly. <laughs> Charlie, I was like, okay. The at that point, I'm full-on producer. I'm like, alert the presses. Right. Come see the play that the Source Weekly deemed too offensive too, to review. Too offensive to even publish a review. Too, that's on. right. Like, and I'm as not if it would burst you. into flames yes. that came out and of the print. And tickets started flying off the shelves. We sold out the entire run. <laughs> And Bob Woodward, who was a, 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 he's an amazing man who's lived in Bend. He's actually the former Bend mayor and, and also a writer. Mm -hmm. He had a blog or something through the source and he advocated for me. 
and it just completely blew up the online I'd never I didn't write a play to be controversial right and I have a pretty tough skin and I of course I read all the comments yeah. and I'm a homophobic I'm a bigot I'm a racist I basically wrote Archie Bunker I wrote all in the family in today's time is what couple dating is about okay Bobby has test test brings over an arrogant prick Jew okay his words not mine okay <laughs> but I'm true to my character then she brings over a lesbian or as he says dyke and mm, many other right. harsh things his words not mine and then she brings over um, a guy that he really likes who who outfits all the refs for the New York Knicks and offers him up season tickets and on the floor right. loves this guy they're swingers they don't know it till they walk into the living room oh. with dessert and they're naked all over their living room. So Tess brings home three and lemons. And I can just imagine what that scene looked like it's on the stage. It's the laughter, hilarious. you couldn't even hear yeah. the dialogue. It was amazing. Right. So Bobby, of course, who's never left his block in Brooklyn, is Archie Bunker. Right. Not me. Right. Oh and my gosh. And to be fair, not your real husband. Not no, in not any at way. At like that your point, I'm like, husband. okay, I got to make this clear. No, that's not my husband. Yeah, because no. your husband is just the nicest guy in the world. Like so nice, it's annoying. Like, what is he doing with me? <laughs> right. You know. So yeah, very nice. And and we're just not those people. But I say, when you write, you're writing characters, and you need right. to stay true to those characters. And you write in the voice of yeah. the character. So that play kind of launched. I've had a play in this on this stage every year since. Wow. Second wow, Street Theater ended up staying open. Right. Because I was, um, I lit the, the, the idea in Maryland, well, there's gotta be more crickets out there. There's gotta be more mm -hmm. people who are willing to come in and rent this space to put on plays. And sure enough, okay. Okay. Susan Benson, my director, came in and put on Rainmaker. Todd Hansen, Amber Hansen with the Red Hands Productions put on Bug, a brilliant production of Bug. So independent producers were coming in and producing works not original works like i was right. but it kept the theater going it, it set a precedent for it a model kind of that did work. yeah and so i'm kind of proud of that that i was able yeah. to to kind of spark that interest because it wasn't happening in bend i certainly wasn't the first playwright in bend um there were um, Leonard Gross, who, um, who has since passed on. He was a writer in town. Bob Woodward was a writer in mm -hmm. town. But none of them had really self-produced their right, works right. on stage, fully produced. You know, it wasn't just some rinky-dink stage reading. And so in the middle of all this, like, how old was your daughter at this point? She was only a couple of she years She was born old. in 2004, so she was about four or five. Okay. okay. So I was one busy producer right and my husband had to pick up a lot of slack and he's still picking up that slack i mean bless his heart <laughs> like it hasn't stopped well you know we we yeah. work really well together we've been married 24 years yeah. and so i pick up his slack he picks up my slack and he's hoping to god something comes my way and back when you were putting this first play into action here in ben yeah it sounds like he was like yeah go for it like he was oh yeah Incredibly oh, yeah. supportive. Oh my gosh, process. so much so. It's it's funny because we kind of have an old-fashioned marriage. Like I'm home cooking dinner every night, and right. I do the laundry, and I do the grocery shopping, and he brings home the bacon, and I fry it up in that pan, and <laughs> it's 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 almost like my parents. You know, it really mm -hmm. is. But he's very. We're not. Um, if I go away for a week, he's not dying. And if he goes away for a week, I'm like, what am I gonna do? I'm like, I'm gonna have my friends over, drink right. wine, and watch movies, and have fun, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, we're fine, you know. We're but it sounds like it sounds like mixed in with the traditional stuff, 
was also, you know, you knew right away that you wanted to do something outside of just no being a doubt. mom. And, I mean, and he was all for that. He's all like, yeah, for go it. for it. I mean, in between all of this, I didn't even touch on it, but before our daughter, Spencer, was even born, I, I felt that need like, oh gosh, what have I done? I left what I thought was going to be a career in Santa Barbara slash LA area and I moved to Bend, Oregon. And he literally drove me to the border of California in a Jeep Wrangler with 500 headshots and said, if you got to get this out of your system, go now. And I moved to LA for five months. Oh, wow. Yep. After you were married. Yep. We were guys- married nine years. And you moved to Bend. I did. And then you went for pilot back to season. LA for I like did. five months. Yep. I thought, what... I'm going to show up and they're going to say, oh my gosh, thank goodness, where have you been? And then I showed them, they're like, who the hell are you? We're not interested. <laughs> and I came back to Bend with my tail between my legs and, and I got it out of my system. But to me, the, I mean, the, the awesome part of that is the the confidence that you you guys had in your relationship oh, or totally the, or the the like freedom or the yeah. whatever you want to describe it as in your relationship yeah. of, like if this is what you need to do you need to, go before do we it. start having a family right yeah yeah that's that's my huge. husband's that's amazing incredible. or he's just too damn busy to notice i was right. gone it's one <laughs> or the other i'd never leave him that long again right you know, it really made me realize, wow. I mean, not, everybody else was like, what is going on there? Are they separated? Right. Never, not even right. close. We've never even said the D word, really. Um, we are, we're pretty solid. We like each mm-hmm. other, you know? And That's he just huge. says, mama, well, actually, wasn't calling me mama then. You got to go do this, go do it. Get it out of your system. He understood it because he said he rides dirt bikes and he missed that chance. He was never going to line up with Jeremy McGrath, and he just had to accept that. You know what I mean? Right. He was talented right. enough to, and he thought, and, and so I, he didn't want to see me miss out on that. And he probably knew I'd be back in five months. <laughs> but that, but that's, that's incredible. That it is. He's amazing. I think it's an it's a awesome. He's amazing. An awesome indication of the type of relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I'd come home once in a while. Sure, yeah. But I just, and and that's why he even says, you mentioned, and we'll get on that later, I'm sure. Once I, oh, thank you. (laughs) This gorgeous mug. You'd mentioned um, me writing and and I've always had a dream of being a staff writer on a sitcom. Right. And, and I think my style of playwriting, if you've, you've not had the opportunity or the pleasure of seeing my plays, but it's very much like a sitcom. A lot of people would say, it's like a sitcom and it's a laugh track. But <clears throat> I've thought about if, if it were to come my way to be a staff writer, my mm-hmm. husband has always said, you go. We'll, we'll figure it out, just go. You know, you would have to do that. But wow. I'm at that point, 24 years later, my daughter's 15, she's <laughs> almost in college. And I, I, now I have dreams of me riding on the road and being a snowbird, just becoming an old person that rides a golf cart. I just love that idea. <laughs> but I'm certainly- I don't um, know that I can see you in that role. Cricket, oh, God, like, really? Like with your energy level and like how dynamic you are. I'd be running the are. joint. Yeah, my golf cart, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in your golf cart. <laughs> in my golf cart, yeah. my razor. I'll step it up and say razor. How about okay, that? Okay, yeah, there okay. you go. Sure. <laughs> but no, I, I'm very lucky that I have the support system of my husband and my daughter. Because it is because of them that I, I stumbled upon playwriting, isn't it? I became a stay-at-home mom. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so that that basically started an addiction for you in 2009 2010 you wrote your first Mm -hmm. play and produced it and that was really uh, that was an addiction for me the producing part yeah i really really enjoyed it i I was good at it yeah yeah 
So yeah, that started it. That started you every year. I um, bless Marilyn and Sandy's heart here at Second Street Theater, uh, allowing me to use this venue as my sandbox. I would come in every year as an independent producer and put on a sh an original play, do very well. I had a bit of a following. Audiences came to learn that if you went to one of my plays, odds are you can see something funny. Yeah. And. Um, fun and you know some are some are very good and some are eh, you know I, I, but they're all pretty quality for the plays that I see out mm -hmm. there anyway I think I'm on par and so I was making money I was they were making money and everybody was happy and it opened doors to other playwrights we have a lot of talent in this town as you know a lot yeah. of writers yeah and so um, next thing you know Second Street Theater became like the place to, for original works that's awesome. And yeah. even CTC is now on that bandwagon mm -hmm. for sure. And then fast forward to me producing my annual 24 seven theater project where I give writers, directors and actors an opportunity to shine for, you know, one day. Right. <laughs> yeah, writers have. Yeah, can you, <clears throat> I mean, I know a little bit about the 24 seven theater project, but how did that come about? And when, that's only been a couple of years, is that this right? This will be or? our fourth year. Your fourth year. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I was a, I was invited as a playwright at a theater in Colorado Springs called the Funky Little Theater. It's great and name, they, by the way. yeah, they did couple dating, <laughs> and uh, they do a twenty four seven project out there. And Chris Medina asked if I would participate, and I said, "Well, you'd love to." What's what's that even You're mean? Like, what does and that mean? <laughs> you get four prompts on a Friday night, and you get a ten minute play to me by. 4.30 the next morning. I was like, uh, wow. okay, challenge on, bring it. Okay. And I did that for him twice. And it was by far the coolest thing I'd ever done as a playwright. And so I came to Second Street Theater and I said, I think I'd like to produce this as an annual thing here. I, I really think it would do well here. I think we got the level of talent to garner yeah, it here. Sure. And I said, we do it. And so the first year we did it, oh man, it was, you. Honestly, Charlie, I don't think we could have held auditions and cast it as as good as it happened. Because casting is literally out of a brown paper bag. Oh, really? Yes. So casting it's is... Not, it's not about you knowing the right actors or whatever. It's literally you get... Literally. You literally are pulling in names a out nutshell, of a bag. In a nutshell, I invite seven writers. I'm not one of them. I'm happy producing it. Into this theater or a theater, seven o'clock on a Friday night. And based on an online Facebook 24-7 theater project poll, I get four prompts. I ask for them, and every day I get suggestions, I write them down, I throw them in a paper bag. One is a prop, one is a line of dialogue, one is a pop culture reference, and one is a character name. Each playwright will get the same four prompts. Okay. Then they pull out of a bag their cast makeup. This is to ensure that they don't come in with a play already written. Right, like sandbagging it. That's right. Like they've got it all. That's correct. In. And they're like, and no, no, I'm creating it. That's right. Now. right. So they don't know if they're writing for two men, four women, two men, two women. So wow, they pull okay. out their cast makeup. So now they have their four prompts and their cast makeup. They got to get to me a, a ten-minute play by four a.m. And they're sweating wow. it. They're off writing all night long. Sometimes I get them at 10 after four. I mean, so I've had them come in late. <laughs> right. I've had them come in early. Staggering in, yeah. like here it they, is. They just have to email it to me. Okay, okay. I'm up printing them out at 4 a.m. Uh -huh. At 6 a.m., seven of our best directors in town show up. They literally pull out of a, a name out of a bag of the play they're going to be directing. They go and they take about 45 minutes to read it. 
and to find out what kind of cast makeup they need, whether it's an older woman, younger woman, older man, younger man. I literally have four brown bags that say older actress, younger actress, older actor, younger actor. And, and I've got the best actors in town, very well-known actors in town. I don't take newbies because it's a challenge. Even right, the newest, yeah. even the seasoned actor I've had throwing up backstage. <laughs> so um, they literally say, I do it in a lottery, whoever goes up first and they go up to the older actor and they'll pull it out and say, I, I got Charlie Teal, I'm stoked. You know, and they say <laughs> who they sorry, got. I'm I should be in the younger actor I, category. You're right, there's always that one, those actors <laughs> where they argue, this isn't older. I'm like, what are you doing with a 47 right. year old? You know? right. It's like the beard, but, um, I guess, pushes me. Exactly. And, and there's no tradesies. Okay. So they have to You're, make work what, what they what get. get. That's right. And so usually they're pretty happy. Actors show up at 8 a.m. And to tell you how popular this project is, try getting 24 actors to show up to a theater on a Saturday morning at 8 a.m. They do. Never once have I had a no show. Wow. Never once. They are on fire, ready to go for this. So they show up, they sit in the stands, and each director takes the stage and says a little bit what their play is about, who it's written by, and then they announce their cast. And after all the plays have been cast and announced, they all skirmish off to their corners and sit down for their first table read. In the meantime, the directors have written down what they need from me. We've had where we've needed a machete in a head before. <laughs> like literally, an actress comes out with a machete in the head. We've needed, four dunce hats with the, with the you know, spinsters. Yep. We've needed, oh my, uh, 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 um, gurney. <laughs> We've needed the ping pong table. We've needed the Canadian hockey jersey. I mean, it's, it's and that's what I'm doing all day long is I'm, I'm looking for those items. It's amazing. So, so the actor show, the, all the actors show up at 8 a.m. Yep. They get drawn, they get, told yep. where they're going to be. Yep. How long do they have to... We open 7.30 that night, baby, for a full house. <laughs> Off book, light sound. <laughs> they have about 25 minutes of tech rehearsal during the day only. That's, That's awesome. It. I mean, it's like it's, hilariously stressful. It's like in the best ridiculously way stressful. And people <laughs> show up and they listen for the four prompts. In years past, we've always picked a fan favorite. And every year, it's, it upsets me because there was six playwrights that aren't thinking their play was deserving. And I, I don't think I'm yeah, gonna do that yeah. this year. I think this is the first year I'm not gonna do it. I, I, I just don't, I want them just to have fun. Well, it feels like, I mean, everything you've described to me, it's, it's yes, you're, yes, you're in separate productions, but yeah. you're all in the same book It's together. so collaborative and, and so fun. And if you pick like one winner, yeah. then that sort of breaks the A little bit, they, the they, they look forward to hearing if it's their play, but I've always felt bad, you know, because part of it's a popularity contest, isn't it? The playwright that had the most family members sure, come. Sure, yeah. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not always fair, fair. Uh, everyone gets a ticket when they come in, and I tell them, please pick the play that was produced the best, written mm -hmm. the best, directed the best, cast the best, the one that just grabbed your attention. Right. Not because your kid's in it, not because your neighbor wrote right, it. Please, right. please, it's it's anonymous. You know, do do the right thing. And whoever used those four prompts, the most clever. There's uh, nothing worse when the prop is a banana and they use it as a banana. And you're like, wah, wah, be, be a little like, more original. Like, come on now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I guess in the the heat of the moment, you have almost no time. You Fair enough don't, that you do the I, best I you can. I do try to tell but... the playwrights try to be a little more original. Right. You yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, when the line of dialogue is, we've had some crazy line of dialogue. 
dialogues before, but this one was about shooting somebody dead or something like that. And, and I can't remember what playwright it was, but they just used it so cleverly. I had to announce to the audience, like, okay, who didn't think that was the most right, coolest the best, thing ever? Best use of the line. Best use of the line. It wasn't on the nose, but yet it made sense, right. you know? And so um, it's, it's a fun project. I love doing it for Bend. Mm -hmm. I love producing it. I lose five pounds every year when I do. <laughs> so there's a silver lining right, right there. Right. And this year it will be at Cascade Theatrical Company. Okay. And so August 10th, I will be doing that again. Oh, and awesome. just gathering up my riders, there's so many. Yeah. I, I actually feel bad that I can't have more than seven. I feel bad that I have to turn away actors. Right. You know, it, it breaks my heart. That's the hardest part about think, being a producer is you have to wear that black cowboy hat a lot. Right. You know, so. Because I've produced all my shows here. Okay. I'm not and just the playwright. Once I'm done playwriting and I hand it off to my director, I'm officially the producer, which makes me kind of the bad guy and the good guy. Because mm -hmm. I buy the stuff. I'm the money person. I throw money <laughs> right. at problems all day, every day. That's right. my definition of a producer. Right. <laughs> but then I'm kind of the bad guy that has to say, look, we got to get this effort on track. Right. Um, you know, or... I'm not liking the, where it's going or, mm -hmm. you know, I have to put out the fires and that's, mm -hmm. that's no fun, but. And uh, so how does, I know your daughter, you said your daughter has worked crew mm -hmm. and she's done some acting and she stuff. Has, has yeah. she ever been a part of the 24 seven project? No, or? Uh -uh. she hasn't, she's been a little too young. Too stressful. <laughs> it might be. I mean, yeah. I think she would love it. She's getting older. She's 15. Yeah. So up 15, until before, be. that's a lot of responsibility and yeah. it's all day long. And I just didn't want the whole thing to come crashing down because my kid effed yeah, up. Right. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then, yeah, so, like you don't want her to have that kind of negative theater experience. Yeah, where she's like, I'm never doing this it's again. It's very rarely negative. I've only had a couple of negative things come out of 24-7, and they're all learning tools for me. Right, but for right. the most part, it's a very positive, um, collaborative day. I just, I suppose I will have to pull her in at some point though, yeah. Cause I could use her help. She's a really good crew person. She right. worked the Lost Virginity tour. She's worked over at CTC. She really enjoys it. She would be good at it, but it would be all day. And she's one of those, how much money am I gonna make? Uh, nothing, <laughs> nobody makes nothing. Cause I, I can't pay everybody for 24 seven. Right. I can feed them, I just can't pay them. Right. But they're happy to do it. Cause it's one day out of their life. Right. You know, yeah. It's a long day. It's a crazy it's, day. It's but, a crazy day, yeah. yeah. So I mean, ten years. You've been you've been now hitting hitting away at this for ten years. I have. Now I'm ready. Got seven full full length plays. And That's because I'm a lazy. I actually should have twenty. Right. I mean, I write really fast, and I'm a lazy writer. So I I really have no excuse why I don't have more than seven. Right. I've got twenty in my head. I'm working on three now. Um, and when I say working, I'm like I've got them outlined and I've started them, but right. I get to it when I can. But I'm a lazy writer, but yeah, I do have seven full-length plays. All of them have been in band. All of them have been produced, except for maybe one, uh, elsewhere outside of band. Okay. You know, so slowly, but I'm I'm not published. I mean, I'm not managed. I'm a one-woman right, show. Right. It's if anyone's finding out these plays, it's because I'm peddling them all the time. Mm -hmm. I do two mass emailings a year to theaters across the country. Okay, it's I was going to ask work. how you get the word out yeah. about yeah. your Yeah, I, I go to a lot of the. I hit every state's um, was AACT 
American Association of Community Theater. Okay. And if they're linked up with that in California, I'll just go across. I'll literally take out a map of the United States and check it off as I go. And I'll visit their website and see if they're doing plays like mine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're all children's theaters or sometimes they're all musicals. And so I'll I'll do my due diligence. Sometimes I'll slip up. But for the most part, I find theaters that are doing, you know, comedies, you know, sometimes they'll say we like original work. I can get an idea from the mission statement if they're open to it. Uh And I send out a blanket email that says, hey, my name is Cricket Daniel. I'm a produced playwright who resides in Bend, Oregon. I saw your website. I'm very interested in your theater. I think my plays might be, you know, fit well Uh in your season. If you would like to consider any of mine for your upcoming season, I would love it. Below are the synopsis of all my plays. Visit my website. It's just pretty to the point. And I'll get, I'll probably send out hundreds of emails. I might get 50 responses, 25 saying, good luck to you, but we're not interested. 20 that says, let me run it by the artistic director. They sound interesting. Of that 20, I might get 12 that says, could you send us these two? Of those 12, five will drop off the face of the earth like I, they right. won't even they answer my email done. that yeah. they read them or anything because i like to follow up i might get four that says we were putting it in front of the board we liked it and of those four i'm lucky to get two it's exhausting for the the lost virginity tour you've got six that so, particular it sounds like, one sounds like that has clicked that one's clicking and i think it's for a variety of reasons i think it's because it's a cast that consists of four women over the age of 60. they are all leading roles and when i say leading roles i'm not kidding charlie they are monsters i mean <laughs> it's almost unfair to have an actress of that age have to learn that much dialogue it's but i'm it's, sure they are hungry for this they are you. so hungry for these roles nobody's writing for this this age range or these right. actresses nobody I don't think so. And usually those actresses are going for one role in one play that consists of grandma coming downstairs, stop shouting, where's my, you know, insure? And then they go back upstairs. Right, and that's it. That's That's it. These women are literally on stage the entire time. And they, so they are I love dialogue. I love words. excited about. Very excited. It talks about these women, these four women all have retired from different parts of the country to surprise Arizona in a place called Happy Trails. And it's a real place. And I had that filed away for a while. I'd been thinking about writing a play centered in Happy Trails, but I wanted it to be about Four Seasons. Do you Mm -hmm. remember that movie, Four Seasons, with Alan Alda? Oh, yes. I loved it. I loved seeing those couples vacationing together all those seasons. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh gosh, I I think there's something there. I was a big fan of the movie. I love Alan Alda's writing. And I thought, okay, Happy Trails, I might set it there. But then I was given through friends the idea of the Lost Virginity Tour because we started talking about our virginities. And I'm like, oh gosh, I wonder if I can do something with Happy Trails. And so I have these four women who all retired to surprise Arizona. And they're in a baking club. I thought, what can I, what can four women get together for weekly? That's not cliche like a book club. Okay. And I couldn't, I'm, I'm racking my brain. That's the fun part though. Yeah, I just <clears> sit there and I stew. And I don't bake at all, but I came up with Baking <laughs> Club. And so they get together and they swap recipes every week. Okay. And they start swapping the story of when they lost their virginity. They stumble onto this topic. 
And Viola, the ringleader, says... That's a great should, name, by the way. Thank you. Very Shakespearean. I actually stole it. It's my girlfriend, Kathy Valenti's mother-in-law's uh, oh, okay. name, uh, Viola McGee. <laughs> and um, she gets on the topic of virginity, and she says, oh, my gosh, I got the best idea. We got to take a road trip. We're going to visit every place where we lost our virginities and share our stories. And that's what they do. They wow. hop in the car, and they go to Hatteras Island, North Carolina. They go to Ball State University, Indiana. They go to Viola's grandma's bedroom in New Jersey. She lost hers at a uh, family reunion. And they end up at a Colorado cabin. And they each share their stories. And each story is very different and unique. Some are funny, some are heartbreaking, and some are sad. Right. And it's, it just, I just had that, it, it, it's hooking. It's hooking. Yeah. And so this is the first one where people started contacting me. Heard about your play. And you're like, really? How'd you hear How'd about you it? How'd you hear about yeah. the play? Um, saw it on a website, looking for plays that have women over 60 or whatever. And then one, okay. the, I have it going to Fort Lauderdale. It happened to be, thank goodness, LA Times pick of the week. And that helped. Wow. I it bet got that did like help. a picture in the LA <laughs> Times, uh, talked about my background in stand-up, gave it a semi-review, and uh -huh. that it, that was the first time where I'm like, oh, heck, that's right. People across the United States read the LA Times, not just Los Angeles, because mm -hmm. I was literally in Hollywood for that production when I got an email from Florida saying we saw it in the paper. And, and, and yeah, all I'm sure the, your eyebrows I was up like, and you're just like, it's happening. Wow. Oh my gosh, I think it's happening. That's right. what I thought. Like I started tearing up. And I got that LA production because I queried them. They were one of my blanket queries. Mm -hmm. And... I slowly people started contacting me. Now one place who did it, Santa Clara, they did another play of mine, Helen on Wheels, and it did well. They were happy working okay. with me. So Helen on Wheels was there the season before. And so when they heard about this one, they said, we'll do it. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's so yeah, That's so incredible. slowly this one's taking off. Santa Barbara's my hometown. And so when I was there last, um, I contacted Drama Dogs and said, can I take you out to breakfast? I want to meet with you. I, I've got to play. I'm from Santa Barbara. I want, to, I want to work with you. And so they bit. And that's what's going on now. Wow. So it's, it's me marketing. It's me peddling. And then it's getting the break of the LA Times that helped. Mm -hmm. And so and they're finally, I'm getting emails. Me. And it really sounds like, it sounds like from the get-go... Like even when, you know, when you were newly married or not newly married, but when you had your daughter, mm -hmm. like even then you knew that you were going to find your way somehow back to theater or back or, or were you scared? I mean, <clears throat> were you scared that you're like, oh, my God, what if that part of my life is done? I wouldn't say I was scared. But my mom used to always say, you're not going to be happy until you're happy with what you've got. I always felt like there was more, like something was missing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, oh, I, I thought, know what you mean. I yes. love my life. <laughs> I'm so blessed beyond measure. I get, I, I, honestly, I'm so, so lucky. And yet, it's not enough. Right. Something's missing. I was meant to work in that industry. Right. I just know it. I just, it, it haunts me. It's it just and it wasn't so much I was scared. It was just like time is a ticking, mm -hmm. and I've mm -hmm. got I'm constantly oh my gosh I've been second round of auditions for Big Brother oh my gosh hundred thousand dollar pyramid I thought I was off to New York last summer to be on that I'm always Hello. Charlie I am a nuisance 
I mean, <laughs> honestly, if you have not heard of Cricket Daniel, then I'm not doing my job. Right, I, mean, I, right. I am brand ambassador 101, Cricket Daniel. I just, right. I'm constantly trying to angle my way in to that industry somehow. It's so silly, really. But it, it seems that you've, <laughs> you you found an amazing amount of fulfillment. Yes. With I have to say, it. right now I'm at the point where if I'm never on camera, if I'm never on stage again, and if I can truly make a living at playwriting, I think that's the lottery. I really, really do. I, I just can't think of anything better. I honestly cannot think of anything better. If I can be, and I don't think I'm a Pulitzer Prize writer, right. I don't even think I'm a Tony Award winning writer. I think if I can get my plays at community theaters across the country every month, you know what I mean? They're just right, and that green envelope in my yeah. mailbox every month. I will be the happiest little cricket Daniel you've ever met. I may or may not still audition for Survivor, right. love it, or The Amazing Race, but I would be pretty content at that right. point. But right now, I always feel like I'm chasing. I'm chasing that dream. Right. Chasing it, chasing it, and until I get it, I don't think I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to stop. That's that's incredible. Yeah, I, I guess, or it's very sad, well, and pathetic. But, well, I think I think I guess it depends on your on your attitude towards it. I guess it, right? so. Like, you're able to both yeah. relish the life you have. Yeah, yeah. And and be I do. incredibly thankful for yes. the life you have, while also pursuing yeah the bigger dream. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think the the negative would be if you were dissatisfied with the life you had simply because this one thing yes worked. yeah no not like the case that's, just that's hungry hungry for more yeah. and a lot of it is for me like if they were to give me a staff writing position on a sitcom i would charlie i'm not kidding you i'd do it for free i, I when i hear these writers haggling for this money or something, I'm like, really? There was five years ago you were nobody saying you'd do it for free. And, and I don't think I would ever veer away from that. I would do it for free. I honestly, the only reason why I want to make a living at it and a good one is to, my husband has, we've been married 24 years. Mm -hmm. I've been literally home with my daughter for 15. Like making no money, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I make money for my plays, but we call it play money. Literally right. play money. And <laughs> with um, the dual meaning That's there, right. Like but my play. dream is literally to turn to him and say, I'll take it from here. I would wow. love to give my husband the gift of time. Yeah. To give him the, the gift of freedom to, to not be to the salt mines every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he's the best mechanic in town and, the, and his clientele would be very upset, but I, right. the first thing I do when I make it is get him out of that shop. I wow. want him home. I want him to be able to restore that damn Mustang we've had <laughs> on the side of our house for 14 right. years. Right. I want him to restore that CJ5 we've had in our garage for 20 years. I want him to have fun. You know, That's incredible. And, and he'd tell you he's blessed beyond measure, too. He is because right. look at me. Come on now. I'm, I'm kidding. People calm down. Stop the letters. Yeah. They're coming. Charlie. They're like, who does she think she is? Hmm. That's right. Um, it's the stand up. Snarky playwright. I know. I think you're, I think you're forgiven. But you can be forgiven for just the first anything. check I write is that shop gone. I, I want him. I want him. I want us to. Time's a ticking. I keep saying it. It's not. I'm not kidding. I want us to travel. I want me to be able to write from. Like I said, I want to be right. a snowbird. I want to. I'm ready to say. I'll take it from here, honey. It's the least I can do, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> but but it, 
I mean, it certainly sounds like you have put in your time and done your part to like make the family work. No doubt. And, you know. No, it's it's even Steven. If I were to get paid a salary for everything I've done, it would be I'm you sure. know I'm, I'm no schlep. Right. But you know. But when it comes to actually like paying the bills, yeah. It'd be, well, the the good know. news is is what I'm good at and what I do, it actually pays very well. But the percentage of people getting paid very well to do it is pretty it small. Pretty small. I have confidence that my day is coming and I do think the lost virginity tour I'm, I'm definitely on a momentum there's no doubt about that that's great this play is global it's commercial it could be a movie mm-hmm. it could technically be a musical although I wouldn't know how to write one <laughs> but there's something there and it just takes that one when they say what else do you got it was funny you should ask I've got all of right. these that I would love for you to you know right. it just takes that one and I do think this is the one but I'll keep writing you know regardless I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have um, if this happens to be the one if this is the one that launches my career and it, it starts bringing in money and, and a little bit of prestige I'm not gonna stop right. I don't have that in me that's not the end goal either for me it's just to be able to have that validation and to be able to give Jason the gift of freedom and to be able to, to leave that legacy for my daughter. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's the next in line, right? God right. forbid, God forbid, well, when I die, right. hopefully it's a long time from now, right. those plays are hers. I would love it if she were to able to have that money coming in all sure. the time because of something I wrote right. 30 years earlier <laughs> or whatever. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's wild sounding to me. When I get, and I don't get paid a lot of money, I get $75 a performance. Just so you know, dear writers out there, that's what I'm making. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like making it rain. Oh, I'm making it poor. Oh, man, it's here, raining right? in here. I get $75 a performance. But you know what, Charlie? So does, so does um, I looked it up. So does Neil Simon. Right. You, you pay $75 a performance a show. And I get this check, and I'm like, that's the easiest money I've ever. All I do is email it to them. Right. I wrote it a long time ago. Now there are theaters that don't want to pay me. <laughs> and I think, God, but you know, I only wrote the damn thing, but right. in their head, I kind of get it. It doesn't look like I did a lot of work either. Right. You know, but I did, I did do yeah. the work. Yeah. You know, so I deserve that $75 performance. But when those checks come in, I can't even imagine eventually them coming in where it's a lot more than that. Cause I'm right. pretty stoked when I get it. I'm like, Shh. Yeah. That goes into the little play account. Right. That'll right. pay for the next little airfare somewhere fun. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. So right now it's just kind of used for fun, but I'm, I'm hopeful. But it sounds like for you it has always been about, like, the validation or the, the something. It's not about the money. It's about something personal yeah. to you, and it's about something that... Yeah. Basically, you're pursuing this thing that you really believe in, and, and you've always wanted I meant to, to do be it. a part of. I yeah. meant to do it. Right. I, I, there was never, I, my training is, my parents have always said, I mean, have a plan B. I'm like, but if I have a plan B, I'll fall back on it for sure. Without a plan B, I'm like <laughs> right, tanning right. all the way. But in the meantime, you know, I'm taking my business classes, and I type like a demon, which helps me. You know, I'm, I've always made my living as an administrative assistant. Okay. So, I mean, I was able to work. Obviously, I was working until I became a stay-at-home mom. Um, but I was the whole time, I just knew there was more, there was more to my story. There was more to my journey. There was more to me. There, there just is. Was there a point 
maybe when your daughter was really young, like, was there a point where you were just like, I don't think this is like where you were afraid it wasn't going to happen or that you were, I mean, to me, that's, that's a big thing is, was there, was there a point where you had to sort of rediscover that passion or were you, you always knew? It was always on pause. It was never away. It was, I like that phrase. No, like it was, it was, always, on it was always on it pause for the time being. It wasn't that you being. lost it. Like my husband said, you know, give it a year, let it get a little bit older, let me get established at the shop, you'll be back on stage. I thought it was back on stage. It wasn't until I saw Garden Politics and Michael Slade here that it ignited the playwriting. The playwriting I thought, writing. oh, well, you know, and, and, at the, and in the meantime, and that was another thing I didn't talk about, because I, like I said, I've, I've tried so many different avenues. I was writing spec scripts. I wrote a spec for Seinfeld. I wrote a spec for Friends. I wrote a spec for Will and Grace. I was writing spec scripts and submitting them to agents, not getting any action, mm-hmm. wanting to be a staff writer. And so I was writing, but playwriting, I thought, well, that's a, that's a pretty quick way I can see my work quicker and maybe I can make my way into sitcom writing that angle. I can't get in because I'm not in LA. I can't do the networking. I can't be there for meetings. So maybe I'll become a playwright and maybe somebody will hear about my plays and think you should be writing for television. I kind of started playwriting for selfish reasons. I thought it might get me to television. Right. And in any review, even when the source did finally end up coming back to review <laughs> couple dating, because they, they couldn't did, did, ignore did it anymore. Did she have to like watch through her fingers the well, whole time? Well, he, he, he was clearly not a fan of my writing. He, right. he gave me some props for putting it on, though. I mean, as an independent producer, first-time writer, he gave that to me. But what I love, and he meant it as an insult, and I was like, wow, that's like the best compliment anyone's ever given me. He compared me to Chuck Lorre. And wow. I was like, done and done who's gonna read this and hire me i mean come on right and so um, i'll take it yeah i'll take it i'll take it so i kind of stumbled onto playwriting for selfish reasons thinking not so much plays but maybe that might get me into sitcoms because i was writing specs at the time i was always up to something I was always up to something. My family's like, what are you doing now? I'm like, I'm applying for Survivor. I'm applying for Amazing Race. <laughs> because Elizabeth Hasselbeck is now on The View based on Survivor. Like, see how that transitioned? Or right, I was like, right. you know, and I thought I would be great on a panel like that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was constantly applying for things like that. I thought if I could be on a talk show, I think I would mm-hmm. add flavor to that table. But I don't have an agent. I have no experience. Mm-hmm. And so I was mm-hmm. up to something all the time. And my husband would say, Mama, you're going to throw so much shit at the wall. Eventually, something's going to stick. And, that's, and that's, that's great that, like, as you, as you went through those years of, mm-hmm. you know, being a stay-at-home mom and everything, you were like, I am, it was always there. It was always, always there. Always. Always. And I you, was. You, you found an outlet. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't exactly the direction. Yeah. You thought it, you were going mm-hmm. to go, but you're like, well, it could still lead. Yep. I have still lead you where you I are. actually have video with Spencer as a baby. I'm making so I don't remember who was filming me because um, I was auditioning for something. I think it was to be a guest co-host for Regis when he was looking <laughs> and he was looking for moms or looking for regular girls. Oh, okay. And I submitted that. I have pictures of me. Oh, I, I tried to audition to be um, one of those little Jeopardy people. When you go to the video, yes. <laughs> right? okay. I auditioned for that. I sent in an audition video. I was all, I'm still, I still do that. Jason will be stressed at work. Like, oh, I'm, I didn't make any money to him. Like, I'm seeing what game shows are casting. I'm going on a game right. show. I'll win it all. I'm always hustling. It's in my blood. I hustled my whole life. 
I would hang out at the car wash as a kid and say, do you have a quarter so I can call my mom so she can come pick me up? Because I knew they would at a car wash. And I would go over to K&L Drive-In and play Pac-Man the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> I always hustled. Okay. Always. I never got backstage passes, yet I was always backstage. Uh -huh. I was, I never had pit passes. I was always in the pits. I love the hustle. I love the game of it. I love the, the, the energy I get. I think that's why I like producing. I love yeah. seeing how many butts I can get in this seat and, right, and, right. and how many shows I can extend or how many, I like the, the challenge of it all. Mm -hmm. And so that energy bodes well for me for what I want to do but I'm at a slight disadvantage in Bend, Oregon as a stay-at-home mom. I, I can't network, I can't be in LA at the socials, or I can't be right. in New York City at the conferences or whatever. <clears throat> I, I try to get out there, I do the best I can being here, but I want it so badly that it's semi-obsession. It doesn't take away from my family. They're not starving. Well, maybe. My daughter's out in the car with the windows cracked. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Stop the letters. Right. You're writing letters again, Charlie. You're going to get them, not me. I don't care. Well, I figure but she's, you said she's 15 she's now. 15. She can let herself oh, out. If she's she, probably if gets... smoking crack behind <laughs> Baskin Robbins. But like, but she's have not. you, Calm do down. you think you've my passed on that, that, that hustle, that drive to your daughter? Like, is she... Or is she kind of still figuring out? I mean, 15. She wants, she's, she's yeah. an incredible artist. She wants to be an animation storyboarder. Oh. That might change, but she's very talented. I, we always say Jason is um, the more calm, pessimist, realist, um, oh. bread and butter, kind of salt of the earth kind of guy, and I'm the dreamer. <laughs> and so we always say Spencer has just enough of him in her to keep her out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> which I've been to. That's another story. Right. But um, my family, my whole family is very street smart. We hustle. And his family's by the book, play by the rules. And she's clever. Uh -huh. But I'll test her once in a while. I'm like, you know, I can probably sneak in. <laughs> Mine's pretty long. You know, who cares? Who's going to know? Mom? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <sighs> You're like, more Daniel fine. than Gregorowitz, but okay, it's probably fine, better for fine, you in the future. Fine, right. You know, yeah. Right. Because I was never, I snuck into everything <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. You know, so we're different that way. But she's she's a good blend of the two of us, thank God. Oh my right. gosh, can you imagine? <laughs> if she was all me? <laughs> then you would just be like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Why did I create another one of I me? I mean, do I get a Bill's Bondsman now? Right, do I? Yeah. <laughs> Put money away for rehab. What do I do here? Right. Yeah, no, yeah. she's a good kid. So she does have the artistic ability, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's. Yeah. It's got to be exciting for you to see that, you know, that that spark. Yeah. Growing. Yeah, because I didn't see it coming. Right. Yeah, I remember her in kindergarten. They were supposed to get up on stage for the moms for kindergarten Mother's Day and put on this little play, and the whole time she went like that. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna kill her. She's like this the whole time. What are you doing? <laughs> Like to, perform, God, child. I'm gonna have to beat you in front of all these nice people. I can't <laughs> believe it. And so I did not see it coming. It didn't. It, it came yet, out of nowhere. Is, yeah. yeah. And it fell in her lap. Actually, they are needing a. I think they needed an eight-year-old for a straight play at this stage. You think Spencer would want to do it? No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you sure? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm positive. Well, let me yeah. meet her. And she's, she got the role. I was wow. like, what? You're like, like what? great. <laughs> now she's going to ruin the whole entire play. 
and she shined. I couldn't believe it. And she started doing plays after that. That's it's great. fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I'm kind of sad she's not into it anymore, but she's into her animation. She's a Bentai cheerleader. She's a good girl. She gets good yeah. grades, you know, but then she took Woodshop oh, this year. Cool. And that was kind of cool. And then she signed up for small gas engines next year. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so she's, you know, she's a cheerleader by day and we got her on motorcycles and snowmobiles on the weekends. So yeah, she's a cool kid. That's incredible. Yeah. So as we kind of begin to wrap up, one thing, there are a couple of questions that yeah. I, I always get sucked into asking people because they're things that I'm always curious about. Are there any books or sounds like you're much more in the movie on the movie side of things. But are there, are there any books that you like to recommend to people, or books, or or podcasts, or shows, or anything that 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 you know resonated with you, or helped you find your way, or I don't know sources, people, anything, inspiration. God, not not really. I mean, nothing. I... I kind of winged it, to tell right. you the truth. I'm untrained. I have an inactability to, to hit the arc and, and to know the beats. I, I, I've read a couple of books, nothing I could recommend. It was more like, I've written the script, now what do I do? Right. It was more like those types Just of books. Figuring it out as you I go. did take David Mamet's class, master class. Those master classes are pretty cool, and you can uh -huh. learn a lot. The ones they're that for, are advertised. Yeah, they're $99, and, and there's a hub of, other writers, I find um, what I find helpful, and it's not so much, you either can write or you can't. You right. either have the craft uh, or you can't. Even just in life in general. Yeah, like, um, but just networking and talking to fellow creative people mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. I really like someone like you. I, be, I, I remember when I first saw you on stage, I came up to you immediately. I'm like, I like you. You're so funny. I'm so glad you're in band. You know, let's, right. let's connect. And I think I friended you on Facebook. I really like talking shop with other writers and actors. I find it fascinating how they approach their craft. And, mm -hmm. and I was in a writer's group in Bend for a while. We were all different writers. One was a novelist, one was a screenwriter. A couple of them dabbled in plays, but it was always interesting. But I felt like they, um, the writers group, they had almost attended too many classes or too many conferences. Right. It right. was like, well, by page five, the antagonist should be introduced. I'm like, what? I can't. I felt chained, you know. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I don't think I'm the best source. I, I've taught playwriting courses, not taught. I did something with the library recently, thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I worked with an eighth grader out of a middle school. She had to find somebody in her career field and she found me and I mentored oh, her. Neat. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I see that coming down the pipes for me, mm -hmm. actually, working with teens maybe or, or helping other writers who are earlier in their, I mean, I'm, a... I'm surely not the expert. Right. But I, I've gotten myself far enough along where I can give them some tips for sure. Right. And, I, and I, that, that fascinates me and excites me. I like the idea of that. Unfortunately, I read, I'm reading <clears throat> Howard Stern's book. Okay. I listen to podcasts, but I, they're all, I like it when they interview the movie stars I like. Right, yeah, yeah, Like yeah. I'm listening to Dax Shepard a lot because I, I find yep. him fascinating the way he interviews the stars. It's kind of like this, mm -hmm. you know? So I yeah. like to learn about the, the celebrities I like. So I don't really read much about writing so much. Um, I, I subscribe to the Hollywood Reporter. I find that 
fascinating. You learn a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I, I really enjoy hearing about the industry and what's being bought and what's being optioned and what money is out there and where it's going and mm -hmm. who's making it and who's spending it. I find that fascinating. I just messaged a, a writer who was, um, an article was written about her, my Hollywood reporter, and she produces um, films, and she says, I wouldn't mind working in theater again, producing something with theater. Reached out to her right away, hasn't seen my message, but I do a lot of networking that way. So I have more of a hustle approach to things and not a traditional approach to things. Right, wrong, otherwise, I don't know. I, I just know when I do hit it, they're gonna call me an overnight success, and I've been at it a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And that's fine. You're like a 10 year um, overnight and success. And you notice right? I'll say when I hit it and it's yeah. not me being confident, I have to say it for me. Yeah. I have to, I have to believe I'm doing this for a reason. That there is a method to my madness, that I'm not wasting my time. I know I'm a good writer. I, I don't have to have that validation anymore. The, mm -hmm. At first I was like, when do I get to call myself a playwright? You know, when does that even happen? Right. I, was, right. I would never say it out loud. I hadn't earned it, in my opinion, even though I did have a play out there. I didn't feel I earned it. Um, they started calling me it locally, and I, I would, like, oh, God, I'm almost embarrassed. Right. I would be in the background. Like, of my, you're going to find me I, out. I, I just, <laughs> I felt undeserved. Right, right. And, and I do, I am very proud to, to say I'm a playwright. Absolutely. That's great. I, I am. Am I making a living out of it? Eh, you know, but I am, and, and I'm proud of that but I'm not quite at the point where I want to be and I'm inching towards it more and more every day. I think I'm on to something. Thank God, I'm 102. Um, but I don't know if I could reference, you know what, find your network. Find the people who are like you. I, I belong to an official playwrights page on Facebook. Okay. I find them all fascinating. I've reached out to several of those playwrights. I also, um, I am a big fan of those festivals and contests. I applied to a lot of them. And if there's a fee, more so. A lot of playwrights will not, I'm not paying $10 to submit my work. I'm like, I'll pay it then, You're get like, out of my way. Right. More for me, get out of my way, because there's hundreds and hundreds. I'm a big fan of those. You learn a lot, every submission is different. You know, sometimes mm. they give you feedback. Right. You know, okay. um, I didn't used to do table reads, I do now. It helps, you know, you get good feedback. Um, and I'm an open book, anyone can get a hold of me. I'm happy to give any out, any tips or any advice that I have. That was actually gonna be my, my final question for you is. Don't call what's me Charlie. The, what's you the best way? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna post your it. private, uh, your, post your address no, no. and your number yes. On, yes, yes. on the site. Yes, 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 on my email. But no, what's the best place for people to find out more about you and yeah. reach out to you and, and get in touch? Well, I, I do have a website, I don't, keep it up as much as I should. I find that hard. I'm <laughs> that's hard to update yeah. a website. And it can be a full-time thing. Right? Oh my gosh, it's yeah. exhausting. I just kind of want a page, like a Facebook page. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook. I'm very easy to get a hold of. Okay. I uh, cricketdaniel.com is my website. Cricket Daniel Playwright on Facebook. I'll friend anybody. I'm that desperate. <laughs> um, my email is cricket at cricketdaniel.com. I'm an open book. I'm very accessible. I I want to be that for people. If I make it, that's the first thing I'm gonna do. I am gonna either talk to classes, make myself available, be a mentor. It frustrates me when I reach out to people I respect mm -hmm. 
and I either get a kind of a cocky negative response or no response. I'm like, you know what? It wasn't that long ago when you were hoping to God somebody would respond to you. Right. Or right. read your stuff. Or can I get anyone, everyone a job? Probably not. You know, like, hook me up. Put me on staff. Right. Maybe not. But, man, if I can open up a door, if I know that you're good enough and I can vouch for you and say, you know, you might want to take a look at her. She's good. I don't have that ego. More the merrier. Right. Bring it. When I see other playwrights in town putting on their stuff, I'm like, good for you, man. I'm, I'm the first one there to see it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You know? And, so. and is that, like, are you all, all in on coordinating or, or networking with other local playwrights? Or Yeah, I mean, we're all friends. Ben's small enough. It's a small enough, enough town. We don't get together manage, or anything. Right. Um, but I use yeah. them for my 24-7. Right. You know, um, I'm a big fan of... Um, there's a, a, a guy named Chris. He's been in my, my writer of my mind before, and he's had some stuff at CTC. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy his style of writing. Laura Lee Callen, Laura Lee Kaufman, um, she's got a, a terrific style where she brings things, inanimate objects or babies to life. You get to hear what they're thinking. Um, I've used her before. I've got, I'm fans of people out there. More than that, now I feel bad I'm even saying names because there's so many writers out there that right. are so talented. Susan Noyes used to live in Bend. She's my favorite. She's my go-to 24-7 theater writer. She won't be joining us this year. Pat Cruz has been a writer for me every single year for 24-7. I got my favorites. Todd Hansen, who's a screenwriter. He writes films. I, he did 24-7 last year and won. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it kind of was a film, but he's very good. Um, his wife writes with her partner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a gal that's new to town from Santa Barbara. I have not met her yet. We're friends on Facebook. I would love to connect with her. Wow. Um, so there's, there's... I love the sound of the 24-7 festival. Like You I'm want like, in? Yeah, it was kind of like... As an Maybe actor? Maybe we should talk. Yeah, as an actor. I don't think I don't. I don't normally take newbies, but I have seen you but, on stage, Charlie. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm not good enough. I would, you know, that's, you can make that call. But yeah, like it sounds, it sounds chaotic. It and, is. And just hilariously it It's insane. fun. It's terrifying. Um, uh, actor in town, Scott, he's no longer here. Unfortunately, we lost him to Idaho recently. Scott Michelson. No, oh, Scott's or, the, the uh, piano guy, but Scott Schultz. Okay, you know Scott Schultz? Schultz? Okay. He was an actor for 24-7. I'm trying to think it was the first year or the second year. He literally threw up backstage right before he came on. He was terrified. <laughs> he threw up and said, never again. I think he directed the second year. <laughs> <laughs> never again. It, it, it's terrifying. It's terrifying anyway when you go out. I mean, you're an actor. Right before you hit that stage, you're like, oh, my gosh, all the lines are gone. Like, what's my first line? Right. You have that yeah, terrifying, exactly. yeah. almost like a dream real quick. Like, I've forgotten it all. Yeah. And... They literally got the scripts that morning. And they're only 10-page plays. Right. And I told the writers, if you write a monologue, I'm going to wring your neck. I mean, right. even like, it out. Right, don't write a three-page yeah. monologue exactly. for some poor bastard that yeah. has to go out there and be like... It, it's awful. It's terrifying. <laughs> and then I try to tell the playwrights, you're not going to hear every brilliant line that you wrote. I can guarantee you it. There's a chance an entire page is gone. You cannot get upset yeah. with these actors. This is for fun, guys. Yeah. This is for fun. Because I've seen, I've never, I don't even, I don't know if I've ever seen a flawless performance of any of my plays. Well, sure. Even, even a rehearsed play, like, mm-hmm. there, there is That's always right. the... Always. Like, things just happen. It's a bummer as a playwright. And, 
and and, and sometimes I'm sure there are those moments where it's like the oh. big line. Like you want to make sure you want to make sure that that one big line or those few couple or that of interchanges. Scene, you 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 count you want it so bad, and because so and so's in the audience, or right. I remember I can't remember what play it was. I do an industry night when I was a producer here. Nobody else kind of caught on to that, but I would do a show on a Monday night so that other actors and other shows can see my oh, show. Oh, right. Or oh, bartenders or idea. musicians. Industry yeah. night. It, I, I got the idea from Funky Little Theater Company in Colorado Springs. They did an industry night for the waiters, for the bartenders, for the musicians. Right. And I had the cast of um, the Charlie Brown Snoopy one. Yeah. I can't think of it. It was at CTC. Yeah. And damn, if that cast wasn't here. And I think like the most pivotal moment of the entire play it was my Christmas play was uh -huh. gone and it made the scenes down the road make no sense uh -huh. and, and I thought I'm going to throw up like, and it uh -huh. never been missed right and these are peers I actually care what these actors think about me right. I do I hate I wish I didn't you know, part of me is like, oh, fine. Nah, who cares? I don't care. You know, um, because the but we egos, all do. We all do care, I especially do, when of course it's I especially do. when it's people whose opinions you respect. I do. I respect yeah. everyone's opinions. It's maybe not you know? Joe off the street. Yeah. Uh, do you have you uh, met Julia Ray yet? She's a brilliant director in town. She works mostly at CTC. No, She's got like a back Julia. east accent. And um, every year she'd come see my plays because she'd work the door. Right. Every year, not a smile, nothing. Like, ah, someday I'm going to get joy. And I've worked with her as an actress. Right. It never hurts my feelings, ever. She's a drama lady. She's, she, she directs brilliant, beautifully, you know, beautiful dramas. And so I'm not her style of writing at all. Right. And every year I'd be like, this is the year I, I, I'm going like to get her. She's going to crack no, a smile, no, damn it. <laughs> never. And, and never really says anything. Might say congratulations, but not, not right. much. And it's not because she's mean. She, she, I, she respects me. I respect her. When she rolled in the town, we did a play together. She used to be an actress. And the Lost Virginity tour, she said, Cricket, I loved it. I'm like, Julia, I knew oh I'd get God. you someday. I knew it 10 years <laughs> later. I knew it. That's awesome. She loved it. You're like, it. my life is complete. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. certain people out there, the, all of them. Honestly, I do respect all the actors and directors and writers in this town. I think they're all um, unique and brilliant in their own way and what they got going on. I'm like, hats off to you. If, if I, if I helped a little along the way, I'm thrilled. Right. And if I didn't, yeah. Well, and again, like we said before, the talent of acting, hey. singing, dancing, directing. Amazing. It's just yeah. way better than you would expect for yeah. a town in the middle of yeah. Oregon. I used to, like I said, I used to be an actress in this town. I would get cast once in a while. I can guarantee you right now, I would not be cast out <laughs> in one single play. The talent. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I've seen. I, well, I think the only reason I ever get cast is because I'm an adult male. It's like you there's can such play a small elf. population. I do have a Christmas show called Elf You. Oh my God! Okay, we and I need, need elves, and it's very that. rated R, and it's very even better. I'm more very unpolitically correct, and if I only write it for me and it never sees the light of a stage, I'm okay <laughs> with it because I love it. And 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 Santa Claus is an asshole because he was in Rudolph. Right. Wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Incredibly he was such insulting. A jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the elves, to the a bit, The old stop motion yeah, he was animation. Awful, yeah. You know? So I and I love it. And so um and these elves start a cheating ring. They start getting their toys made in China <laughs> at Elf University because only That's the awesome. best elves get to work at right. Santa's uh, right. workshop. So I got that going on. You'd make a great elf. <laughs> but so it's it's cool to me that you you have an array of things going at all times. I do. Like 24-7 fest and, yeah. and 
and the Lost Virginity tour is happening yeah. right now, and yeah. you have a Christmas. Yeah, I ended up writing a Christmas play because I'm Love like, it. every single website I go to, the Playhouse always has a Christmas play. Well, <coughs> let's get in that Christmas spirit, Cricket, and crank out a Christmas That's play awesome. because maybe it might open more do doors, and it did. Right. That, that play has been produced quite a bit as well. Hmm. So I thought that's probably a good thing to write. So I wrote a contemporary Christmas play that still held the magic of all the classics we were raised with. And I love it. It's a, fun, it's a great show. And I had a great cast, you know. So, um, but. And, got, and you have an amazing family, an amazing husband of 24 bad. years, and an incredible daughter, it sounds like. like. Oh, God. Now the other shoe's going to drop things a lot for nothing, right, Charlie. Sorry. Here Knock comes the diagnosis. I will. <laughs> Damn you, Charlie. Sorry if I have completely oh jinxed you, I apologize. It's over. <laughs> you, can, you can cut it now. Cut the camera. Right, yeah. It's over. <laughs> you fucked up everything. I'm sorry. My I'm sorry. I, I, I thought have to I was speak just. French at the end of this I interview. Was, I thought I was just trying to like bring you it did. all you full circle, nice wrap bow. it up with a bow. Okay. Instead of you know what? Instead then of let's go back there. You're right. I'm very lucky. Okay. But I'm, I'm getting very impatient. I'm ready to hit. I think I'm ready. Am I ready? I'm ready. You sound more than ready. God, please, if you're listening to this, Charlie, how many <laughs> viewers do we have? Two, three? Yeah. hundred? We're in the, ten, <laughs> in the tens. Call me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for this. Like, this was, this was, this was a huge amount of fun for me. And was I've it? Learned, and I've learned a ton about you. Like, I knew a little bit about what you were doing as a playwright, but I had no idea that you were doing all that you are doing. I mean, the 24-7 yeah. fest. And Jack of all, no trades. <laughs> but I, I, it well. sounds incredible. Like, I'm just, I, it's, it's been a lot of fun for me. It's so. been fun for me. I, I thought for sure I'd flip it and ask more about you, but I'm sorry, it's just That's Jabberjaw. That's right, we, we can always, we can always do it. my nickname as a kid, by the way, Jabberjaw. We can do a round two down the road. Let's do a round two, a part two. And, you know, maybe we'll get to talk about Whatever play, it sounds like whatever handful of things you have going. I got some point. stuff going on. I've got a awesome. um, couple of plays coming down the works. So if I say it out loud, I have to write it right. So I've sure, got Spreading yeah. Joy and I've got Bedlam in New Brunswick. And so um, I'm excited about both of them. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And then my elf you, well, yeah, I'm going to have to get back which, to. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. And you could be my, one of my elves, <laughs> okay? But I figured if I say it out loud, it's kind of like when you tell people you're on a diet. That way, if they bust you a red robin having, you know, onion rings, they might say something. So if you right. see me out there, just say, how's that spreading <laughs> joy that, coming along? Right. How's that Bedlam and New Brunswick coming along? Awesome. So I got to get I got to get going on those. I'm a very lazy playwright. <laughs> well, Cricket, thank you. This has been, thank you, this Charlie. Has been a blast. An absolute oh, blast. Thank you. So, thank you so much for having me. For